All of these organizations have the same goal of wanting to serve small business owners and entrepreneurs in their venture. But at times, they're not working together as well as they could be. Welcome to Forging Forward, the official podcast of Forward Cities. I'm your host, Roger Satterwhite, Communications Manager at Forward Cities. Forward Cities is a national nonprofit equipping communities and regions to grow and sustain more equitable entrepreneurial ecosystems. Welcome to all of our listeners and welcome back to those of you joining us for season two. This season, we will be diving deeper into the work of our local directors through the experience of entrepreneurs and program directors who participated in the Minimal Viable Solution or MVS pilot programs within each of our Community Entrepreneurship Accelerators or CEAs. CEAs are the primary way we at Fort Cities engage with communities to create more opportunities for historically underrepresented and underestimated entrepreneurs. So, my name is Stacy Williams. I'm the Director of Research and Evaluation at Fort Cities. Awesome, and we're glad to have you here. Just to provide some background and context for everyone about our Community Entrepreneur Accelerators and what MBSs are. What are Community Entrepreneurship Accelerators or CEAs? CEAs, or Community Entrepreneurship Accelerators, are a program that we have where we work with communities over an extended period of time, usually about two years, sometimes a little bit more, a little bit less, depending on the, the city and the needs. Um, But we work with the city to identify what um, entrepreneurs need in their community to survive and thrive. Our our work is also really focused on equity um, and increasing entrepreneurship opportunities for underserved populations, including people of color, um, immigrants, um, women, and other underserved populations. I think that's clear. And geographically, where are these community entrepreneurship accelerators? So we have CEAs in Franklin County, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis. And what is the purpose of minimal viable solutions? So so coming from a public health background, the, the phrase that I'm most familiar with is an intervention, right? So a minimal viable solution is another word for an intervention um, to solve a problem. The minimal piece is really about understanding what we can do with with limited resources, right? So um, the world is not an endless pile of money. So we try to find solutions that are going to work well while not being extremely expensive. That's that's all about sustainability and being able to uh, implement these programs over time. And how does that directly relate to our community entrepreneur? accelerators? Sure. So one of the first things that we do when we start working with a city and the folks and the local stakeholders there um, is identify the key barriers they see for equity and entrepreneurship. So not just overall what the barriers are for entrepreneurs and small business owners, um, but in particular, what's keeping that gap or what's perpetuating that gap between people of color and white folks in the rate of business ownership. 
And so as we go through and define those different barriers, um, we start to outline and work with the, the local stakeholders to identify solutions. And so those solutions become our MVSs. That makes sense. And so you mentioned earlier that this is a partnership with the city. Who else is um, involved in the design process of the MVS? Like who else is involved? In well, there's a lot of a lot of folks involved in the, the design process of the MVS. So we generally have a community council, which has representatives from both the organizations that fund us, which may be the local government or could be a local nonprofit. Um, we ensure that we have representation from grassroots organizations and nonprofits of all sizes. Um, and then the other piece is, is the entrepreneurs themselves, right? Uh, making sure that we have input from them about what the barriers are that they see. And so what kind of ecosystem or community characteristics are deemed to be determinants of success? Like how, like what were you looking for there when you're designing an MBS or working with um, communities? We use a multi-level evaluation of our MBSs. So we design uh, three different phases of evaluation. The first one is specific to, did the program do what we said it was going to do? Like, did we actually engage entrepreneurs in this program? Uh, the second piece is, um, were they happy with the program? Did they feel like they needed, they got what they needed out of it? And then generally there's a, a primary outcome, which is a little more long-term, which is, did it solve the problem that we were looking to solve? Now, our ultimate problem that we want to solve is inequity in entrepreneurship. But what we usually are focusing on for our MVSs is something in the mid the midterm range, right? So one thing that we often see is inequitable access to financing and capital for a business. And so one of our MVSs may be to try to close that gap um, and increase equity and financing um, for Black-owned businesses. I think that's important and critical that you are paying attention to, like you said, is it doing what we set out to do and knowing that we're working to support entrepreneurs. I love that that is a part of the evaluation piece. Um, Absolutely. How was the success of the actual MVSs uh, defined? Is there like a set definition you had prior going to this or is this a case by case? It's case by case because, I mean, I'll tell you a little bit about some of the different MVSs that we've done and, and what the outcomes looked like for them. Um, so one MVS was about um, a ecosystem navigator. So a, someone to help connect folks who are interested in learning more or need more support for their business um, to the proper ecosystem support, or excuse me, entrepreneurial support organizations that can help meet their needs. Um, a barrier that we often see is there's a disconnect. People don't know who they can go to to answer questions um, about their business. Who can go? Who can they go to to get support for um, their business? Um, and so having a navigator program, the navigators helped each of the clients or either a, an aspiring business owner or a current business owner figure out who, to, who, they, who they can go to to meet their needs. And so 
um, the evaluation for that program had everything from how many people came to the navigators. That's our first part, right? Were we able to actually engage entrepreneurs in the program? Um, were they satisfied with the program? Um, did they think it was helpful? And then lastly, did it actually get them connected to the resources they were looking to need or looking to work with? Um, and did it meet their connectivity issues that we had identified as the key barrier? Another example is um, an entrepreneurship hub. So that was a that's more of a physical setting, right? So in an under-resourced neighborhood, um, we identified a local organization, a nonprofit organization that wanted to have a co-working space for um, entrepreneurs and to also include the opportunity to do or to come to special events for specific topics that were considered um, barriers to entrepreneurship for underserved communities. And so one, we wanted to see, did people come? <laughs> so that's the first part, right? And then for those folks who came, were they able to get something out of it? You know, were they able to meet with other entrepreneurs like themselves in the co-working space? Did they see that there were events that met their needs of what they were trying to learn or what they wanted to learn about? Lastly, was it helpful for them to move their business forward? That's a couple of examples of MVSs and, and how we evaluate them. No, all great examples and something we'll dive into in future episodes of the podcast this season. But speaking of some of the barriers that communities and ecosystems face to equitable entrepreneurship, what were some common barriers that were surfaced? Sure. So there's there's a few different levels of this again. So I'm always thinking in multiple levels, right? So you've got mm -hmm. the, the barriers that entrepreneurs face. And then there's also systems levels issues that cause barriers as well. So I'll start with the entrepreneurs. Some of the major barriers that we see are access to financing, very inequitable, who's getting business loans, uh, who has the, the personal savings or the you know, big pile of money to start a business in the first place. Mentorship, you know, how, how many people know someone who has started a business and can give them guidance on a personal level informational needs seem to be pretty generally distributed. Um, it's a matter of also knowing where to go to get those questions answered and trusting the organizations. And that's a, that's a big issue is uh, trust. Sometimes folks don't feel like people in say the city run or government run organizations understand the opportunities and challenges that they face as an entrepreneur. Um, and that's unequally distributed uh, based on race and ethnicity. So uh, at the organizational level, right? So how culturally competent, if you will, are the organizations? So, you know, I, I mentioned the, the distrust of entrepreneurs going to some of these organizations that are there to support them. Are those organizations actually prepared to support them where they are and meet them where they are? Um, and so building that cultural competence um, and understanding of different starting points is key for the different um, pieces of the ecosystem, the different uh, organizations serving entrepreneurs. Also, collaboration between organizations is something that can be a real challenge. 
all of these organizations have the same goal of wanting to serve small business owners and entrepreneurs in their venture. But at times, they're not working together as well as they could be. Um, whether that be because they may see somebody as competition for the grants that they're applying for, or, um, you know, there's, there's a dozen reasons why they might not want to work with another organization. But the more that we can tighten that network, the more that we can link entrepreneurs to various resources and then have them also refer them to other resources that can be helpful, the, the tighter that net gets for supporting entrepreneurs in their venture. Uh, that's amazing um, that all of that is coming just from being able to understand what the barriers are uh, and then finding solutions. Thinking about, like you were saying, the multiple tiers to those barriers um, that exist, what is the deciding factor or like how, like what is the process you take when you're deciding which barriers to solve for? Because you were saying there's some that are systems level, some organizational, some that could be, you know, individual, but how do you solve, like, what, what are you choosing to solve for? Because some of these issues we can't solve overnight or with right. simply a minimal viable solution. Like what, like how do those two work together? Right. Right. And that, that's a, that's a great question. So when we do the data collection, when we first get to a, a city or, or county, um, that's where we assess what the barriers look like in that county. Um, some counties have better um, access to resources. Folks in some counties have better access to resources. Some counties have better cohesion and collaboration between ESOs uh, or entrepreneur support organizations. And so what we do is we do um, some primary data collection to see what the biggest barriers are in that community. Um, and then based on that, the council, the Council of Innovation or Council for Innovation, are they're presented with this information about what the biggest barriers are. There's often a couple that'll stand out more than others. And so those generally rise to the top. Um, but to really have a full ecosystem level intervention or set of interventions, we do try to consider things at both levels. One being filling the gap for a, a particular resource that's missing, like say a micro loan program or a 0% financing loan program. So that would be like a gap filling intervention or MVS. Um, but building that network within the ecosystem between organizations is critical at all points and pretty much for all cities. So that's something that we try to work with for everyone. I think that clears up all the questions I have in regards to this process and making community entrepreneurship accelerators something that is a product and um, path towards more equitable entre entrepreneurial ecosystems. So I thank you for your time, Stacey. Thank you for having me, Raja. I appreciate it. This has been another episode of Forging Forward. Tune in next time as we discuss a dynamic program developed to help part-time entrepreneurs make the leap to full-time CEOs in Franklin County, Columbus, Ohio. To learn more about our work, be sure to check out the important links included in the show description or visit forwardcities.org. Until next time, support Forging Forward by subscribing, telling a friend or colleague about the show. Rate and leave a review 
and most importantly, take care. Forging Forward was made possible by Forward Cities. Many thanks to Christopher Gergen, Faye Horwitt, Nicholas Gunkel, Michelle Benham, Simone Fogg, and Stacey Williams. <laughs>